Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. I had all the, all the Christmas feels. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to Uncommon Church. We're so glad that you're here. I see a lot of visiting faces. I see a few people that haven't been in church in a while. You look like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Just take a deep breath, relax. Like we're just, we're super glad that you guys are here this morning. Don't be nervous. Uh, I am gonna get into the Bible a little bit because I, I just love to tell the Christmas story. It's funny, uh, my daughter is home from Bible college and it's also her birthday. Happy 20th birthday to Jordana today. And um, yesterday uh, she wasn't feeling well. She's got this cold that like the whole country has been sick the last two weeks. You guys know that, right? Like everybody was sick. I was so sick last Sunday. If you were here last Sunday, I just want to apologize. I was, I shouldn't have been in the building, let alone preaching, uh, so sick. Um, but I feel so much better today. Anyway, Jordana was coming down with some of that yesterday, but in the afternoon, the Tylenol cold kicked in and she came out and she's like, what are you doing? Let's do something. And I'm like, I'm working on my message for tomorrow. She's like, it's Christmas. Just read Luke chapter two. Let's eat a Christmas cookie. We all go home like only a Bible school student could say. So, so open your Bibles to Luke chapter two. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I'm actually not reading Luke chapter two today, which is funny because that's, that's the way I was raised. My parents raised us, when we talk about uncommon Christmas, my parents raised us kind of bananas. Like we had really uncommon Christmases when I was a kid. See, I wanna remind you, my parents were brand new Christians. They, did, they weren't like Jesus people, but it, they gave their hearts to the Lord and then they went like, you know how some people like go a little bit into Jesus? No, no, my parents went all into Jesus. They were super, super committed and they wanted to raise my sister and I in a, in a way that was different than the, uncommon. Uh, than the than the rest of the world and like we didn't do we didn't do Santa Claus and Christmas morning was not about Santa Claus and was not about it really wasn't even about the presents and like compared to all my friends yeah we were uncommon we were we were crazy like 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 crazy crazy like we would get up early now don't get me wrong there was a Christmas tree and there were presents but the whole thing was not about kids running downstairs and smashing open presents the whole thing was about Jesus. So they would gather around the fire and um, my uh, stepfather would read uh, Luke chapter two and read the whole Christmas story, the real Christmas story from the Bible. And then we would worship together and we'd pray together. And for a couple of terrible, super awkward years, we had to perform a present for Jesus. We had to perform for Jesus, which this was really uncommon. Like we had to sing a poem, read a poem, or like my sister played the flute, so she'd have to play the flute for Jesus. And I, I, I did a magic trick for Jesus once as a little kid. Like, I wish I was making this up, but this is what my counselor and I say we need to work through. We were an uncommon family having an uncommon Christmas. And everything, and, and even when we did open presents, like we opened presents very slowly and it wasn't extravagant. It was just a few really thoughtful presents and we had to open them one at a time and like talk about each other and bless each other. And to be honest, that's the way we raised our children. I mean, except for the weird talent show part. Um, we raised our kids that Christmas was not about Santa Claus and wasn't about smashing and grabbing presents. Um, we, we did the same thing. We got all of, every year, I mean, we still do this, you know, next week, um, we're still gonna sit, even my kids are adults, we're, we're gonna sit down and read Luke chapter two. 
and we're going to pray, and we're going to honor the Lord Jesus. All of our focus is on Jesus, because if you think about it, the Christmas story is the most uncommon birth story ever told. I, I read a verse last week about another uncommon birth story. It's sort of the prequel to Christmas, um, the whole story of John the Baptist's parents, Zachariah and Elizabeth. See, they never had babies, and they were old, like they were past the time of having babies. And I, I, I mentioned this verse from Proverbs that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were already very old. They never had children. And in the ancient Middle East, if you didn't have children, that meant God was mad at you. That meant you were shamed by the community. And they thought that maybe God was mad at them, even though they were praying. And Zechariah was still praying for a baby boy, even though they were past the time of, of baby making. And then God did this miracle, and we read about it last week, and John the Baptist was born, and John the Baptist was the, the forerunner to the Messiah, to Jesus. And that verse, hope deferred, will make the heart sick. Like, if you're, if you're hoping, if you're believing God for something and it doesn't happen, or it doesn't happen for a long time, you can feel like your heart can get sick. I've been waiting for healing. I've been waiting for my loved one to get born again. I've been waiting for my loved one to get off of drugs. I've been waiting for my marriage to get healed. I've been waiting for a spouse to come and sweep me off my feet. I've been waiting for a better job. I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for, and you feel like, God, are you even hearing me? But if, if you'll even imagine that feeling that sometimes we get when hope is deferred, zoom out to the Jewish people. See, the Jewish people had been praying for a Messiah to come for 4,000 years. And in their minds, the Messiah had never been born. So talk about hope being deferred. Like all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sin against God and then introduce sin into this world. If, if you've ever sinned, which we all have, it's because of Adam and Eve. Adam and, Eve and, and, and they introduced sin to mankind. So God said, I'm going to create a plan of salvation that's going to bring salvation for the whole world. And he promised this Messiah, this Savior, first for the Jews, but then also for the Gentiles, for the, for the whole world. So throughout all of the Old Testament, the people were praying and believing and waiting and hoping for Messiah to come. And then the, the prophets throughout the Old Testament, like this is way before Jesus, they're, they're, they're in prayer and they're spending time with the Lord. And it's like they can see into the future and they're getting these little glimpses of what the Messiah's birth would look like. And I got to tell you, it's a little uncommon. That even when the prophets were, were, were praying and they were receiving from God what the Messiah's birth would look like one day, they were kind of uncommon. See, the Jewish people were believing God for a, a savior, a deliverer, a mighty king, a warrior king to, to, to help deliver the Jewish people because they had been conquered by the Babylonians and they had been conquered by the Greeks and they had been conquered by the Romans. And they're like, man, when is this Messiah going to come and mow all these people down? So they were expecting this great warrior king, maybe uh, the baby to be born in Jerusalem in their capital. But in Micah chapter 5, it says, You, Bethlehem, even though you're a small village in the people of Judah, a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past are going to come from you on my behalf. So the prophets are like, hey, the Messiah is coming, but he's going to actually be born in Bethlehem in this little insignificant village. So they're already thinking, man, this is kind of uncommon, that this, this humble baby will be born in this humble village, not as this great king, but that's going to be born in this humble little place called Bethlehem. But actually, I think the most uncommon thing about the birth story, didn't talk about Bethlehem, 
It talked about Mary. It talked about this young woman who was going to give birth to a, a king. And we read that from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin is going to conceive and give birth to a son. You shall call him Emmanuel. Well, I don't know if you know how babies work, if you were paying attention in seventh grade biology class, but virgins don't give birth to babies. That's uncommon. And then you should name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's uncommon because God was not with us. God was in some distant cosmic cloud place far away. But the prophet Isaiah is saying when the Messiah comes, it's going to be God with us, God near to us, God, and which is why Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning it's right here next to you. So the Jewish people are praying and they're believing God for this Messiah to come, but 4,000 years have gone by from Genesis to the book of Malachi and there had been no word from God about this Messiah to be, to be born. Talk about hope being Deferred. Can you imagine how much anguish the Jewish people felt while they were longing for this Messiah to be born? Now, sadly, if we take a little, little sidestep here, it's been 2,000 more years and the Jewish people are still praying for Messiah to be born. Can you imagine how heartsick the Jews feel when they pray for Messiah to be revealed in Israel and it's been 6,000 years? So just as a little homework assignment, I would love for you to pray that during this Hanukkah season, which starts tonight at sundown, God would reveal Jesus as the light of the world to the Jewish people that are still praying for Messiah to be born. In fact, I'd like to invite you for the first time ever, our church is celebrating Hanukkah. You probably saw the Hanukkah, the nine-candled menorah outside in the parking lot. Tonight at 5.30, we're all gonna gather back out in the parking lot. We're gonna, I'm gonna read some of the story about Hanukkah. We're gonna eat jelly-filled donuts and I'll explain why that's a part of Hanukkah. And then we're going to light the first light. And for the next eight nights, the, actually, it, it's computerized, thank God for technology. So we don't have to come every night for eight nights. It's going to turn on every night. But if you want to, drive by the parking lot for the next eight nights and watch the different lights of the menorah light up as we remember the miracle that God did in the temple 3,000 years ago. That's what we'll be celebrating as Jesus is the light of the world. Well, even a church celebrating Hanukkah, that's kind of uncommon. I love Christmas. But we can't focus on the commercialized, you know, Amazon Christmas. Like we, we can't focus on even the, the Santa Claus Christmas. And if it helps some of you to, to realize, because I, I don't mean to ruin it too badly, but Jesus was not born on December 25th on the Gregorian calendar. In fact, he probably wasn't even born in the wintertime. But I know that this is when we choose to celebrate Christmas. But this is, you know, we're going to celebrate his birth because the Bible actually doesn't tell us when he was born. It gives us a few clues, and those clues would imply that he actually wasn't born in the wintertime, but that's never here nor there. Let's focus on this Christmas story, how uncommon it is that, well, the fact that Mary, we talked about, was this, this virgin girl, unmarried virgin, and yet the Holy Spirit came upon her. And when the Holy Spirit will come upon somebody, Jesus is revealed. So really, that should still be your prayer today. Holy Spirit, I want you to overshadow my life and reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, overtake my heart and reveal Jesus to my family, reveal Jesus to my school, reveal Jesus to my work. Holy Spirit, come and, and reveal yourself to my heart so I can reveal Jesus to my community. 
So this, this young girl, she's probably 16 years old, but the census comes up, so they've got to pack up the donkey and head south. They're this young couple, Joseph and, and Mary, and they, they go down to Bethlehem from Nazareth, which is like a two or three day journey they had to walk. It took a while. And they finally get there, and as you know the story, all the hotels were full, so the only thing that Joseph could do was book an Airbnb and a stable, like in a barn outside with the animals. But then there's no record of Mary's mother taking the trip to Bethlehem. Could you imagine being a 16-year-old girl giving birth to your first child in a barn with a dude who's like, I don't know what to do? Like, that must have been an extremely scary night for her. That's an, that's an uncommon thing for a virgin to give birth to a baby. But he was king of the universe, and the first place that Jesus slept was in a food trough, a feeding trough for animals. That's an uncommon birth. And then shepherds in those days were like uneducated. They never bathed. They were out in the fields with their animals. Like they were the roughest of the rough kind of crowd. And yet all of a sudden, this, they've put the baby to sleep in this feeding trough. And then some smelly shepherds walk in. They're like, howdy, ma'am. You mind if we worship your baby? That's kind of an uncommon thing to do, right? But we just take it as part of the story like it's normal. But these redneck cowboys come in. They're like, pardon me, ma'am. We're going to worship your child, your baby. We're just reading past that like that's not a big deal? Or... A couple days later, who knows exactly how long, some kings from eastern lands, you know, India, Pakistan, Iraq, these rich guys show up and they do the same thing. Pardon me, ma'am, may we worship your baby? <laughs> That's pretty uncommon. And then they give them gold and Frankenstein and myrrh, <laughs> which is extremely valuable. They take this poor family and they make them wealthy as an act of worship for this baby. And then, which I remind you, you might think, why did all that money come into the family? King Herod was so afraid that the Jewish Messiah would come from Bethlehem and then take over the nation of Israel and take the throne away from Herod, he ordered that every baby be killed in the Bethlehem area. So the Holy Spirit told that to Joseph and Mary. So they took the baby, Jesus, and they moved to Egypt in the south. Well, to do that, you gotta have some money. That's like having a, a vacation home in Costa Rica. Like that's not for poor people to do, to go down to Egypt and live for a couple of years. But that's why God gave that money from the kings of the East was to help the family on their journey. It's just so uncommon, all this generosity and all this worship. That's part of why I love Christmas. There's so much hope in this story. There's so much hope in the story that from the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, you and I were doomed. You get that, right? Like you and I would be doomed for damnation in hell if it weren't for this uncommon birth story. But God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. Earlier this year, I, I watched the, the movie about the, the 13 boys and their coach from a, a, a Thai soccer team. This is a true story that um, they went in to visit a cave in their town and then a monsoon hit and all the water from the mountain flooded the cave and the boys got trapped like way deep in the cave and they were going to die because the Thai government even tried to rescue the boys and one of the rescue divers died trying to get to the boys. Like it was a very serious situation. So they put out this call to the world and these British rescue divers loaded up all their gear 
and they flew to Thailand and they figured it out and these guys rescued all 13 kids from that soccer team and they're all alive today because of this giant rescue mission. That's what the uncommon birth story of Jesus is. It's a rescue mission. We were all doomed and we were all gonna die and the Lord's like, I'm gonna send Jesus to go and, and to rescue humanity, you and I. He came all of this way. He didn't have to do it, but he, he left heaven and he came all this way to be born in that manger, to sleep as king of the universe in an animal's feeding trough because he loves you so much. So I, I don't know what your Christmas traditions are, but I would encourage you to focus all of your love and your attention and your adoration on Jesus because he didn't have to come he chose to come because he loves you so much. You, you are on Jesus' mind when he came. Because if you think about it, for him to come, well, think about the three kings. Actually, we don't even know it was three kings. We know there were three gifts. The Bible doesn't say there were three kings, but that's never here nor there. We have a song that says three kings of Orient are, so then therefore we know that there's three, but who knows. They had to humble themselves, gather together gifts, and go and find this baby and bow down and worship. It was a humbling thing for a king to do that. Well, the same thing was true for Jesus. He was sitting enthroned in heaven, and the Father looked at him and said, it's time. And Jesus had to humble himself to come to earth and be born in that, in that little baby's body. He did it because he loves you so much. The Apostle Paul kind of was looking at the humility of Jesus to, to give up his throne and to come and to serve humanity. And he was telling the church, he was telling you and I, you know, guys, that kind of humility, that kind of service, we should all have an attitude like that. Philippians chapter two and verse five, in your relationships with one another, you guys should have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. Even though being in very nature God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something that to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant and he was made into human likeness. He came as that baby in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. So I want you to have an uncommon Christmas, and I want you to humble yourself, and I want you to serve other people. I want you to look for opportunities and ask God to give you opportunities to serve other people. So have an uncommon Christmas. Humble yourself, serve other people, give, give gifts to people, be a blessing to other people. You know, most people are gonna have some time off of work, they're gonna have some extra time off of school. Read your Bible, blow the dust off your Bible. You've got the extra time off, that's not just so you can binge Netflix. Like, you should spend some time reading your Bible, spend some time in prayer, spend some time breaking bread with other believers, be an encouragement, serve other people. God has given you gifts and put them on the inside of you. Give those gifts to be a blessing to other people. Now, when I say give to other people, sometimes people go, well, brother, you don't understand. The economy's bad and, you know, inflation is up and gas prices are up and I don't really have any extra money. I didn't say give a ton of money to people. Give away the most valuable thing you have. God put his kingdom and his power and his presence on the inside of you. Emmanuel means God with us, but Jesus didn't just come to get near you. He came to get in you. So let him out and humble yourself and serve other people and pray for other people and pray for healing for other people and, and, and pray for, for prophecy over other people. Be an encouragement to other people. 
Which kind of reminds me of the story from Acts chapter 3, the, um, the, the two apostles, uh, Peter and John, uh, they had just been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they had just been filled with the power of God on the inside of them, and they went to worship God. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, which was 3 in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth, he couldn't walk, he had been carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And by the way, if you were on our Israel tour a few years ago, Josie and I took you to the gate Beautiful where this took place, and newsflash, we're going back to Israel in 2023. So if you've been saving some money and always wanted to see the land of Israel and to see the gate beautiful, start putting your money aside, because probably in the fall of 2023, we're going back to Israel. They were at the gate beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those that were going in to worship in the temple courts. And when this lame man saw Peter and John about to enter, he said, hey, can y'all give me some money? Peter looked straight at him and he said, hey, look at me. So the man gave them his attention because he thought he was gonna get something from them. And Peter said, the economy's been bad, gas prices are up, inflation is up. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'm gonna give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And they took him by the right hand and helped him up and instantly the man's feet and his ankles became strong. That man jumped to his feet and began to walk and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. So I don't know where you're at. Silver and gold you might not have, but give away the gift that you do have and pray for people to be healed in the name of Jesus. Give people the gift of the power and presence of God. You have a light burning on the inside of you. Don't keep that hidden in your heart. You should share the power and presence of God. into Every, every time you walk into a room, revival should walk into that room with you. That's an uncommon way to do Christmas. Ask the Holy Spirit for opportunities to minister to people. Say, Lord, I, I, I want to ask you to open my eyes and give me opportunities to minister the kingdom to other people. If, if people are walking in darkness, I want to bring a light into every room I walk into. This is literally the reason why Jesus came on a rescue mission. It wasn't just to save us from sin. It was to save us to himself and to put his power and presence on the inside of us. You might say, why, why did Jesus come? First John chapter three says the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So every time you see a work of the devil, every time you see sin and addiction and, and darkness and anxiety and fear and loneliness and depression and anything that the devil would wanna do to torment people, that's the reason why Jesus came. That's the reason for Christmas was to destroy the works of the devil. Finally, I wanna give you a Christmas wish list. And that is that God would give you a real love for people, especially coming into this next year. Because I think sometimes we live our life with a very belly button focus of our love. All of our love is focused on ourselves. All of our love is focused on our own family, our own circle of friends. Man, I want you to lift your head, head up, shoulders back, and I want you to ask the Lord to give you a love, not for the easy people, it's easy to love your loved ones. Like for Josie, it's super easy to love me, obviously. Why are you laughing so hard? That's a lot of cackling in the back of the room over there. <laughs> Ask the Lord to give you a love for the difficult people in your life. Ask the Lord to give you an honest to goodness love for people that can't bless you back. That you would, that's why Jesus was often saying, if you really wanna know me and follow me, I want you to bless the children, I want you to bless the widow, I want you to bless the poor, bless the people that can't bless you back. Because you have all been given a gift of love. And when a gift is given in love, now think about the, the most 
favoritest Christmas or birthday present you've received in recent years. Usually, what makes that gift special is that it was given in love, it was given in thoughtfulness. It's not always the most expensive gift, but often it's, it's the most valuable gift because there was so much love and thoughtfulness put into it. So the whole Christmas story is that God has this uncommon love for us and he lavishes his love on us. I just want you to picture like Niagara Falls and every single drop of water is God's love for you. He loves you so much which is the ultimate Christmas gift, of course, we know from John chapter three and verse 16, God loved the world so much that at Christmas, he gave you his one and only son, Jesus. Now, this is important. Whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus is not gonna perish, but they're gonna have everlasting life. That's an amazing gift. Do you know, we often stop at verse 16. Can we read verse 17? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So you might think that God's mad at you. You might think that God's trying to, you know, condemn you. God did not send Jesus at Christmas 2,000 years ago to condemn the world. He actually sent Jesus that the world might be saved through Jesus. God gave his most extravagant gift, his one and only son, because that's how much he values you. That is a picture, a glimpse into the heart of a loving father. He loves you so much. He gave you his son. And I tell you, I don't know, one size fits all when it comes to the love of God. One size fits all when it comes to the love of God. And some people will be like, yeah, I'm I'm a good person. I'm not talking about being a good person. Being a good person, living in Texas, going to church at Christmas and Easter is not enough to receive the gift of eternal life. What, What this verse is saying is we have to die to ourselves so we can live for Jesus. We have to ask God to forgive us of our sins. That way we can receive the gift of eternal life. I know we don't have kings in this world, but that we would put Jesus on the throne of our hearts and that Jesus would be the king of our hearts. We are the common man that have fallen in love with an uncommon savior. And his birth was obviously very uncommon. I want to show you a video testimony that we recorded this week of a young couple in our church. She recommitted her life to the Lord as a teenager, and he gave his heart to Jesus in January of 2021. Watch this short testimony of what God's done in their lives. So I grew up going to church, but I never had a real genuine relationship with Jesus. When I went to college, I completely walked away from God. I was at a point in my life where I was depressed and experiencing a lot of anxiety. I remember one day in my Accounting 101 class, a classmate invited me to go to church with her that Sunday. I really didn't want to go, but I knew I needed to. That Sunday, I recommitted my heart to Jesus, and I learned how to have a real relationship with the Lord. God set me free from depression and anxiety and filled my life with such hope. Well, I don't want to talk too much about my past, but when I was a kid, I never um, attended church growing up. I met Brianna at work and she was always so joyful and positive. And at the time I was the complete opposite. Um, There was just something about her that I just saw just um, having her presence, just being, you know, able to be at work with her. And just seeing Brianna's love for God just made me want to experience this for myself. And uh, we started dating and we started looking for a church to uh, attend together. We were watching a lot of sermons and many different churches on YouTube. And then we came across some common church. 
Um, Brianna wanted to make sure I just wasn't going to church to impress her, but it was because I generally did wanted to seek Jesus. Um, we fell in love with Uncommon Church, and sure enough, after attending my first day, I surrendered my life to Jesus and screwed in a light bulb. That first Sunday in person at Uncommon, when Damon gave his heart to Jesus, it was so powerful to see him screw in a light bulb on the Jesus wall. That Sunday, Uncommon became home. Um, these last two years, I've grown closer and closer to the Lord, and um, just with my experience for these past two years, I no longer suffer with the anger and the negativity that I once had in my heart, and I just feel like Jesus has completely transformed my life. This was the first time that either one of us had experienced such a wonderful and loving community. Immediately, Casey and Aura took us under their wings and invited us to their U group. Since then, we have attended six rebuild groups and learned so much about how to study the Bible. Uncommon has seen our lives go from dating to getting engaged to seeing us get married. Pastor Brad did our wedding and our guest list was filled with our family from Uncommon. Since being married, we have joined the Uncommon Marriage U group. We have received so much wisdom and practical tools from these married couples. Our lives have completely transformed by the Lord and will never be the same again since our encounter with God. I want us to pray together. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't know your story, but I know that unless we humble ourselves and repent of our sin and, and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive us of our sin, the Bible says that we will not receive the gift of eternal life. So next Sunday on Christmas morning, you're going to receive different gifts and presents, and I'm asking you today to open your heart to receive the Lord Jesus into your heart. I know that sometimes our fears and our sins, and maybe we think that we are shamed, and we think that God is mad at us, and we, we think we're too far from God, and our heart is too hardened from God. I'm telling you, there's nothing you can do that is going to lessen the love of God. He loves you so much. There's no amount of, of going to church, there's no amount of prayer, there's no amount of reading your Bible, there's no amount of living good that could make God love you any more than He does right now. And I just, I pray that this be the season. It was January 21st of 2021 when Damien surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus. Over here, we've got this wall that spells out the name of Jesus and LED light bulbs. And actually that, we filled that whole thing and we started over a few weeks ago. But one of those light bulbs was Damien's life. He completely surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus. But then here's the thing. He didn't, kind of like my parents 40 years ago, Damien and Brianna, they didn't just be like, yeah, I need Jesus. They were like, no, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to teach me the Bible. I need Jesus to teach me how to pray. I need Jesus to teach me how to be married. I need Jesus to teach me how to be a husband. I need Jesus to teach me how to be a father one day. This little cute little babies with neck tattoos, I can't wait. <laughs> they don't come out that way, do they? Okay. When I met Damien, I shook his hand. I said, I guess you're saying I don't want to be president, huh? I don't know, by the time you're old enough to be president, maybe that's no big deal. Church family, if there's something that you have been waiting for, like I'll often talk to people that are far from God and they'll be like, well, preacher, that's not really my thing right now. Maybe one day. Well, one day is today. Don't put it off another day. Don't put it off another year. This is the day that you go all in for Jesus. This is the day that you completely surrender your life and you receive the gift of God's love. You receive the gift of what Jesus came for and that was to rescue you from your sin and to rescue you from death. 
In a minute, I wanna lead you in a prayer. Now, I can't pray it for you. You have to believe it in your heart. You've gotta pray it out loud. I can help you, I can lead you, but it's gonna be your prayer. So if you really believe this, and you really believe that Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and you really believe that he loves you so much that he's willing to forgive you of your sin and make you holy and adopt you into his family. It might be the first time in your life you've ever really prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time, kind of like Brianna in college, when she recommitted her life to the Lord. She came running back to the Father's love. So it might be the first time, it might be the first time in a long time, but I, I, I double dog dare you. It's Christmas story. I triple dog dare you to surrender your life to Jesus. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? Bow your head and close your eyes. If you believe this in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I receive the gift of eternal life. Forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. Be the king in my heart. You are in control. I humble myself and I wanna serve you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord Jesus, to be a light in the darkness, to serve other people well, to give away the kingdom of God that you've put on the inside of me so I can be a blessing to others. Thank you, Jesus, for an uncommon Christmas, for saving my soul, for loving me. In Jesus' name, say amen if you believe it. Come on, somebody. Can I ask you to do something brave? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or the first time in a long time and you meant it, would you shoot your hand up real high because I want our church to pray for you. I see your hand and I see your hand and I see your hand and I see your hand. Anybody else, just shoot your hand up real high. Good, 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 good. Yay God, yay God. What about you that are watching online? I saw four or five people shoot their hand up and say, preacher, I'm receiving that uncommon love. Right there in your living room, if, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, just shoot your hand up between you and the Lord. In fact, I want you to text us. Text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. Now all that does is send an auto response form. Please fill that form out and click submit because we wanna to begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God. And like Damien did two years ago, we wanna put your initials on a light bulb and screw your light bulb into the Jesus wall over there. And for those of you that were here this morning, man, we want you to screw in a light bulb on the Jesus wall. We wanna begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.